Amen. Welcome. Welcome. Thank you for coming to worship with us today. I am Pastor Dave. If you do not know me, I am the executive pastor here. We'll be uh, talking about some of those uh, things and, and some other things. I, I like that um, if you don't, if you haven't been with us for long, for a long time we only had uh, two sets of seats and there was a long aisle right here. And, and because humans are people of nature, they always, if they have a seat, they like their seat, right? They, they want to sit in the same seat. I was in seminary for three years, and, and once you sat in that first seat in your class, it was like that was your seat. And if you came into class and somebody was in your seat, you walked in and you're like, that's my seat, right? And, and you just turned, out, turned around and walked out because you're not even going to go there. So to now that because we have um, three rows, people just walk in and they find their row on the outside because, you know, the middle is, doesn't count. So now we have like 85 seats in the middle that no one will sit into um, because that doesn't count in our church. So we have this big wide open um, section. So yeah, I would encourage everyone um, to, to move up, but that would just be way too awkward. Thank you guys. Because um, this, this, middle, this middle section just creeps me out way too much. Thank you guys. That is, that is awesome. Um, so yeah, so I said uh, I am the executive pastor here. Very soon, however, um, I will be uh, moving on. My wife and I and our kids are going to be moving, if you don't know, to Kenya, where we are going to become uh, missionaries at a school there in Nairobi called West Nairobi School. Just so you know, most of you probably do not know these dates because I don't know that we've talked about them with anybody, but we are going to our training uh, down in Memphis uh, on June 22nd, I think it is. We leave for our training down in Memphis. That's a, a two-week training, and then we fly out for Kenya on uh, July 17th is uh, when we fly out. So it is fast approaching. So my last Sunday uh, here, my last official Sunday will be June 10th. So crazy, crazy stuff. It is fast approaching. So today uh, will, will probably be my last uh, time to preach for you uh, for, for quite a while, at least. Uh, we're going to be there uh, at least two years um, commitment. And uh, we'll see what happens. We'll, we'll probably be back in the States at some point, I would think. You know, after that at least. Uh, we'll see what happens. But So it's a little sad. It's a little uh, happy and sad and weird and a lot of emotions at the same time. Hopefully it is a, a good one um, for you. We'll see what happens. We'll see what God has in store. But yeah, it is, it's a little weird. It's a little exciting and it's a little fun all at the same time. So let's get into it and see what God has for us today. Who am I to you? Luke 19 is where we're going to be today. Who am I to you? And this is not who am I to you because I'm, you know, a lot of good things. But who am I to you? We are studying um, some Swahili, so caribou. This is welcome, Carib caribou, welcome. Um, welcome, welcome to all you. Who am I to you? Luke 19. At this point, Jesus has uh, been with his disciples. They have been going around. They have been healing people. They have been preaching to people, casting out demons, doing their thing. And so they get to this point, Luke 19, or Luke 9. 
So he says, once when Jesus was praying in private, his disciples were with him. He asked them this question, who do the crowds say that I am? He's with his disciples, and, and, and he goes off to pray in private. And he comes back to them, and he says, hey guys, who do the crowds say that I am? And it's really interesting, because whenever in the New Testament Jesus is about to do something really important, he goes off to pray in private first. And so Jesus has these 72 disciples But before he selects 12 apostles, he spends a whole night in prayer. And then he picks these 12 close apostles. Before he starts his ministry, his his public ministry, he spends 40 days fasting and and in prayer. And before he's to be, you know, killed and arrested, he's in the garden in, in prayer with God. So whenever he has this time of personal prayer, you know something big is about to happen. So he says he is in this prayer, private prayer with God, and we know something big is about to happen. So he calls them together. He says, who do the people say that I am? Who do the people think that I am? So they replied, some, some people think that you're John the Baptist, Other people say that you're Elijah, and and some other people think that you're a a prophet of long ago that has come back to life. Some people think you're John the Baptist, some people think Elijah or or a prophet from long ago. And John the Baptist, if if you've been to church for for much of your life, is um, a guy that was pretty famous. He came on the scene and, and he said, everyone here that, that worships God, all the Jewish people, you guys are doing it the wrong way. You guys are fake in how you worship God. You guys are fake. And he, and he, he rejected the teachers and he rejected it and he went out into the countryside and, and he became really, really famous. And eventually he is, he's killed by, by the leader, by, the, by Herod. He's killed. And, and, and he was way more famous than Jesus at this point. He's way more famous to, put to most people at this point. And so some people think, though, maybe Jesus is, is John the Baptist by a different name. Maybe John the Baptist wasn't really killed, and he's John the Baptist, but he's just going by this name Jesus to, like, get away from it. So they think, you're John the Baptist going by this other name. That's what some people think that you are. Other people think you're Elijah. That this is a prophecy from the Old Testament that Elijah is supposed to come back before the Messiah comes. And the Messiah is supposed to be the, the new king that was predicted from the Old Testament. The new king to sit on David's throne. And, and that's supposed to happen. Some people think that's you. That would be amazing. Some people think that's you. Other people think maybe you're like Moses, come back to life again. Some, some prophet, Ezekiel or something like that, Daniel from the Old Testament, that somehow came back to life. Because you're doing these miracles, it's crazy. People don't know quite what to make of you, but, but, but people think you're, you're pretty awesome. That's what they do think, they know that. But they don't quite know what to do. He says, but what about you then? What do you, who do you say? They don't. What do you guys believe about me? We've been together now for some time. We've done these things. What do you believe about me? 
This is what he said. Peter says, we know you are God's Messiah. We believe you are God's Messiah. You are. We believe it. We believe you're God's Messiah. We believe you're the one that was predicted to come and, and, and to be the king, to be the king on the throne, to be the one predicted in the Old Testament to save us, to save Israel, God's Messiah. We'll talk more about that in a second. Jesus strictly warned them not to tell anybody about this. So Jesus says, yes, good, I'm glad you believe that. But he tells them, but don't tell anyone that that's true. Don't tell anyone about me as the Messiah yet. We're going to tell people the good news. We're going to tell people a lot of things. But don't tell anyone that I'm the Messiah yet. We'll talk about that more in a second. And then he says to this, he says, The Son of Man must suffer many things and be rejected by the elders and the chief priests and the teachers of the law and must be killed and on the third day be raised to life. He says, don't tell anybody yet. Don't, don't tell anyone. But yes, the Son of Man, meaning me, must be rejected. I have to suffer these things. I have to be killed by the people, by the teachers of the law. And so, so this is their understanding. The Messiah is supposed to be the king of kings, supposed to reign on David's throne. The Babylonians came in and, and they took over all of Israel. And then the Assyrians took over them and, and then the Greeks and then the Romans. And so the, the Messiah was supposed to come. This is what they believed. But he says, now let me inform you about the second half that, that you guys don't get. The suffering servant. And the Messiah has to die for your sins. I will be king of kings, but first I have to also die for your sins. Because I'm much more than just a physical king. I'm the, the spiritual, universal king. I will die for your sins. I'm not just going to lead the country physically. I will save your souls. But it's not time for everyone to know that yet. I, we can't tell everyone that yet. It's not time. And we say, well, well why, wouldn't, why wouldn't they want him to tell everybody? Why wouldn't, we, why wouldn't, they, why wouldn't Jesus want him to say that to everybody yet? Why, that's weird. We think that. Right? Why wouldn't they want that? Because that's to come later. That's to come later on in the ministry, and especially after Jesus does actually die. But if they were to go around and say, hey, this is the Messiah. Jesus is the Messiah. He's, he's here. People, a lot of them, they would think of the other Messiah. The, that he's here to kill the Romans. He's here to attack the Romans. A lot of people might start a revolt then. They might say, all right, the Messiah is here. Let's, let's attack. That's what they believed. That's what they believed about the Messiah. So he says, don't, don't do that yet. That, it's not the time to do that. Now let me explain what the Messiah is supposed to do. And it's funny because he tells them this. He explains this to the apostles. And they still don't get it. They still don't understand what the Messiah is supposed to be. And uh, several times they still argue. And they still, they still uh, misunderstand. They, they argue and they say, Hey, can I sit on your right and your left when you come into your kingdom? And Because they, they think he's going in Jerusalem before he's going to die. They think he's going in to, to take over. Can I sit on your right and your left? And when he does die, they're, they're so upset. I thought he was... I thought he was the Messiah. I thought he was going to be king. And they, and they don't get it. They, they hear this. They see him say it. 
and, and still they miss it somehow. But he says, this is what I have to do, the Son of Man. And, and he looks back, and that's a, a reference to Daniel and, and to other verses from the Old Testament. The Son of Man must do these things. Then he keeps on going. He says to them all, he says, whoever wants to be my disciple, I'm the Messiah. And if you believe that and you take that, whoever wants to be my disciple then has to do these things. They must deny themselves. They must take up their cross daily and then follow me. He says, I am the Messiah. You guys are right. You guys understand this. We're going to explain this someday. We're going to preach this. You guys are actually going to be the ones to take this to the masses. But whoever then wants to be my disciple has to do these things, has to understand these, these three things. They have to deny themselves, take up their cross daily, and follow me. He says, whoever wants to save their life will lose it. But whoever loses their life for me will save it. What good is it for someone to gain the whole world and yet lose or forfeit their very self? Whoever wants to save their life is going to lose it. Whoever loses their life on me will save it. We'll explain those three in a second, but he says, if you think you are going to save yourself, own your own life, control your destiny, control what you think is so important and, and, and get what you think out of life, because that's the American dream. That's what we think is, is so important, that, that I do what I want to do, that, that, that life is about getting the things that I want out of life. And I have my dreams and, and the, the goals that I set for myself. That's what we think is so important. A couple weeks ago, I, I taught for uh, Dylan in, in the, the youth group because he was out on maternity leave. They just had their baby. And, and we talked about goals. What are your goals for life? What are the goals you've set for yourself? We talked about this. And, and oftentimes, uh, especially in, as you're a teenager, those things are very much set by our parents, and, and, and we think about, you know, I want to I go to college. Most of them said that that was one of their main goals. I want to go to college. I want to, you know, get a, this college and, and get a degree and then get a good job. That's, that, those are our top goals. One of them said, I, I want to get married. Okay, that's a, that's a good goal. That's a great, you know, goal. Have a kid. Have a, you know, all these kinds of things. But where do those goals come from? What, what, what sets those goals in motion? We think these are the goals. Why do we have them, though? Why, where are these from? And this is what we set for ourselves. I want to own these things. I want to I decide what is my life, what will make me happy, what decides success for me. What decide? What would make my life successful? My bank account, or, or, or my my house, or security, or what what this tells me is good, or that tells me is is good in my life. And so he says, whoever wants to save their life, whoever decides, and who, if you think you are deciding what makes your life good, what makes your life right, you are the one in control. You are actually at that point going to lose your life. When you think you are in charge, when you are putting yourself at the wheel and you're saying, I'm the boss, as backwards as it sounds, you're at, at that point losing your life. 
But whoever says, no, I'm, I'm not in control. God, I will put you in control. Lord, these are not my goals. God, you are the one who is, has the right to give me my goals. Lord, no longer am I going to set what's, what makes my life successful. Lord, no longer am I the one who can control these things. Lord, no longer am I the one that, that says, I can be right. I can do this. Lord, it, it's, you are the one who can set these things. He says, that's when your life will actually be saved. Even though I'm no longer the one that's in control, he says that's when your life actually gains control. And it sounds so backwards to our mentality, especially in the West, in, in America, because we, we have these things. He says that's when it, when it actually gains life. We actually gain life by giving over our life. And so starting back in the, in the middle of, or at the beginning of, of this whole text, as I, as I read this over and, and prayed about it this week, it's, it's quite interesting how it, it becomes um, circular, back to the beginning. And, and you start at the top, and, and it all kind of works its way together. And so I, I made a little funny diagram on your uh, bulletin there. I had some fun with it. Um, if you, if you want to look through it, and if you want to write this down, you can have fun. It says Jesus is, is the Messiah of God, right? That's the, the first point there. Jesus is the Messiah of God. That was the, the first truth that we saw there. He is, he is. That's what they, that the, that's what they understand, understood. The Messiah then is going to die and rise again. That's what Jesus told them about himself. I'm the Messiah, but you guys didn't understand. The Messiah isn't just going to be king, I will be, but first I'm going to die and rise again. I will be king, but first I'm going to die and rise again. As Messiah, you need to be my disciples. As your, my, as your Messiah, you need to be my disciples. And whoever wants to be Jesus' disciples have to deny themselves that's the first thing I, I have to deny myself i have to take up my cross and then follow him and, and if it's the first time if it's if it's i'm i'm just now coming to jesus for the first time and, and i've never known him before then then i'm i'm denying myself i'm saying I, i'm i'm giving this over i'm giving myself to God, the, the take up the cross, he says, that, that becomes something that is daily. And, and then follow him. But if I've done all of this, if I've, if I've given my life to Christ, then really all of these things become daily. I'm doing all of this daily. If I've become his disciple, I'm doing all of this now daily. And so it goes back to the beginning, that, that this is daily now. I'm doing this with the Messiah. Because he's my Messiah, now I am daily being discipled by him. Daily with the Messiah. So it's really interesting that, that he starts with, who do the people think that I am? Who do you say that I am? And then he gets all the way down to, what is discipleship with me? What is discipleship with the Messiah? And it's really interesting because you get to a story in Matthew 19 where th this exact thing plays out. Matthew 19, where this exact story plays out. And, and this is just our little uh, a test 
test case comes in. So there's a man that came up to Jesus and he asked, Teacher, what good thing must I do to gain eternal life? There's a lot of people that, that try to do something like this with Jesus and try to trap him. Either they don't believe in eternal life or they're just trying to trick Jesus in his words because they don't like Jesus. But this guy seems pretty authentic. He says, Teacher, what good thing must I do to gain eternal life? He believes in Jesus to some degree, at least as a teacher, a rabbi. Why do you ask me about what is good? Jesus replied, there's only one who is good. If you want to enter life, obey the commandments. They're, they're Jewish people. This guy's Jewish. Jesus is Jewish. Uh, their understanding is, is you have to obey the law. But, but it's not about being good enough. Only, only God is good enough. So he says, obey the law. Obey the law. Obey the commandments. Because it's about the law at this time, especially for the Jews. He says, well, which ones? Which laws? Which commandments? Which is kind of silly, because they're supposed to obey them all. But, but Jesus says, all right, I'll play your game. You shouldn't murder. You shouldn't commit adultery. You shall not steal. You shall not give false testimony. Honor your father and mother. Love your neighbor as yourself. He, just, he starts naming them. You know, obviously, these are the, the commandments. Guy, you know the commandments. You know, all these I've kept, the young man said, what do I still lack? Somehow he, he knows there's something still that he's missing. God is still, he still feels an emptiness. He feels a disconnection from him and God. Somehow he knows there's something that's missing. He's keeping the law. He's doing what, what, what he's been told that he's supposed to do. But somehow he knows there's, there's something still missing there. He says, I've done that. I've, I've, been, I've been doing that. What do I still lack? What, what, what still is missing in my life? And Jesus says, good, all right, good, good. I'm, I'm glad you see that. If you want to be perfect, if you want to have what you know is missing in your life, go and sell your possessions and give it to the poor. Then you will have treasure in heaven. And come follow me. There's the, the thing that you lack is that you love your money more than anything else. That's not, that's not the law stuff here. That's not the, the Old Testament stuff. He says you love your money. Sell it all. Give it all to the, the poor and come follow me. He says, I got all these disciples. I got a bunch of them. Come on. Come on. Follow me. Come be with me. Then you're going to have treasure in heaven. It says the guy, the guy heard that and walked away sad because he had great wealth. He loved his money more than anything else and, and more than God. He walked away sad. It's not that he didn't believe in, did, didn't believe Jesus' word. He, he walked away sad. He probably did believe Jesus. But he, he loved his money more than that. So we go back to that. Jesus is the Messiah. He's, he's going to die and rise for us. Whoever wants to be his disciple has to do these things. That guy got to number one, deny yourself, and he, he couldn't do that. Money was, was way too more important. He couldn't get past number one, deny yourself, to even get to take up your cross daily. And when Jesus said, follow me, he, he walked away sad. 
because he loved his money most of all. And so when we look at this and, and we, we break it down and, and try to understand what is, what is going on here, God, what do you want us to know or understand? I, I prayed through this and, and really tried to, to think. And you go back to the, the beginning and, and Jesus says he's the Messiah. The, the question that, uh, that I ask and, and that I had to think through myself is, is Jesus your Messiah? Is Jesus your Messiah? And that, that, that two, two parts of that question. The number one part is, like this guy, like this, this rich man, that he didn't know Jesus. He didn't have a personal relationship with God. He didn't, he didn't have what, what we would call salvation. And, and the first thing I want to ask you today is, if, is Jesus your Messiah that you would say, has there been a point ever in your life where you know that number one idea? Have I really given my life over to God? That I would say, yes, I believe I have handed my life over to him. That I know that I have believed in him. I've given my life to him. I've trusted my life to him to the point where I, I, I believe that he is my Messiah. He is my Savior. If you say, I've never done that before, I got three things I want to show you three things I want to explain to you. If you say, yes, I have done that. I've done that. I've made him my savior. I know he's my, my Messiah. Then I got three things I want to show you as well. And if you say, yes, I know I've made him my Messiah. He's my Messiah. I know he's my savior. Then he says, then you should be my disciple. And these are the three things you should be doing. These are three things that need to be happening consistently, constantly, daily. These are the things that should be happening in your life. He says, if I'm your Messiah, then you're my disciple. And these are the things that need to be going on if you say yes to this question. If you say yes to this question. Is Jesus your Messiah? How do you answer that? Number one, if you say if you say no, or I don't know, then, then I would encourage you. If you say, I don't know, number one, then you need to surrender what you love to him. Surrender what you love. Surrender the thing that is most important in your life. Can you surrender that? Can you lay that down and hand it over to him? If you say, yes, I know he is my Messiah, can you, on a consistent basis, say, these are the things, God, I know that, that are, are most important in my life. These are the things that are, are, are biggest in my life, and I surrender them, I hand them over to you consistently, daily. Lord, these are the things that are biggest to me, the things that I love, but I, I surrender them over to you. He said, whoever wants to be my disciple must deny themselves that rich man he said if you want to be perfect go sell your possessions and give it to the poor then you'll have treasures 
in heaven. The thing that he loved most was his money. To deny yourself is to say, this is the thing that I think makes me the happiest. The thing that, that I want the most. The thing that, that my life is about. But can I put it under God? Can I release it to God? Can I say, but Lord, this belongs to you. It, it, it doesn't belong to me. It doesn't belong to me, God. It belongs to you. I won't do it if you don't want me to do it. I hand it over to you. I hand it off to you. God, this belongs to you. If you say, I, I don't know that I've ever made Jesus my Messiah, let's start right there. Can you do that? Are you willing to do that? Say, I want to I start right there. To give that over to God. If you say, yes, I know I have. Are you doing this daily? The things that mean the most to me? I'm giving that over to God. Giving that back to God. Surrendering that. It might be uh, things like needing to be right. Or gossip. Or, or making money. Or whatever. Whatever things. Whatever that is. I don't know. Surrender it. Surrender it to God. Number two. Is Jesus your Messiah? If you don't know, or you say, no, it's not. No, he's not. Or yes, he is. Number two, die to yourself daily. Are you willing? Are you willing to do this, to die to yourself, or, or will you? He said to them all, whoever wants to be my disciple must take up their cross daily in that verse 24 he says whoever wants to save their life will lose it but whoever loses their life for me will save it are you willing to 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 do this daily to die to myself daily is to say n nothing god no longer is my life belong to me god now it belongs fully and holy to you. No longer does my life belong to me. Now, God, it belongs totally to you. And, and daily, when I get up and I say, God, this, this day is yours. Consistently, constantly, today, God, it is yours. And, it, and it's, it's, it's funny that we get so upset when things happen in our life the way that we don't imagine that they should the things that, that don't happen the way that we want them to do. And if I've said, you know, God, I've, I died to myself, Lord, I've given you my life, but wow, why are things going this way? Man, how, how, how is it happening like this? But I've given my life to you, I've handed my life over to you, but, but life shouldn't be this way? Why is it happening like this? But I've given my life to God. If I've given my life to God, I've given Him all rights to my life. If I do this consistently, constantly, I say, God, you have all right to my life. Just like with those goals, I say, Lord, you have all right to do with me whatever you want to do with me. Even if it's going to be uncomfortable, even if it's going to be hard, even if it's going to be crazy and weird and whatever, Lord, call me where you want me to go. Do with me what you want me to do. 
Today, God, I'm yours. I belong to you. I'll do what you want me to do daily, constantly, consistently. If you say, I don't know that I've, I've made Jesus my Messiah. Are you willing to do that? Are you willing to do that? And what's, what's so funny about that is that sounds so hard. That might sound really, really hard. But he says, I'm, I'm, when you do that, when you think you are giving up your life, you're really, like we said, gaining real life. You are gaining life because the world that right now says you life when it belongs to you, that we think that is so free. Life is so empty without God. The life that we think we want is so empty and so hard and so sad. And he says, when you hand it off to me, that is when life becomes what it was always designed to be. It was always meant to be. And not only just here, but for eternity. That's the life I want you to have. And for me, with, with this one, this was the, the hardest part about deciding to go into missions. This was the hardest thing for us. Because for, for my entire life, it was, or my entire um, time as, as a pastor, my uh, thought was I would be uh, a youth pastor and, and maybe some kind of uh, associate pastor for some point and, and then become a senior pastor. That was my thought. That was my, my game plan. That's what I believe. In the last five years, probably, that, that was my focus was, how, you know, what do I need to do? And I, I would go to seminary, and I would, I would do these things, and I would, I would become a senior pastor. That's just what my, my plan was. That was my thought. And my wife was, was now going to grad school, and she was going to finish up teaching, and, and she's, you know, going, she was studying for education, and she was going to graduate this, this year. And I was looking at, at churches to, to go to work as a senior pastor. And finally, for the first time in our marriage, she was going to have a, a full-time job. And I was going to be at a, um, a church. And, man, we were going to be on, on easy street as far as pastors go. And it was going to be awesome. This was our plan. This was my thought the last, you know, couple years. This was our thought. This is the way we looked at it. And as we prayed about it, and as we thought about it, and, and going through this process, I had thought about missions, uh, you know, a few times throughout my life, but the number one thing that, that scared me off the most, the number one thing that, that would have kept me the most was, I, I don't want to ask for support. I don't want to go to people and, and write some kind of letter and, and say, hey, will you support us? We're going to become missionaries. Will you support us? That, I didn't like that idea. I, did, I, I hated that thought of, of doing something like that. And so we're thinking, you know, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to be a, a senior pastor, and I'll get to preach every week, and I love that, and that's, you know, the, that's the thing I want to do. And we're, we're looking at that, and we're praying about that. And then God starts to lay this on my heart to go into missions. And we build all these relationships with these people in Kenya. And God starts to lay this on my heart. And he starts to open these doors. And I think, God, are you, are you really doing this? And, I, and as he changes my heart, and as I start to die to myself, and as I start to lay these things down, man, I couldn't be more excited. And as I start to pray about, Lord, how does this work together? 
The idea of, of making, writing a letter for support doesn't, isn't even what I thought before. Because now it's, it's creating a partnership team of people that we're going to work together with while we're there that we get to, to, to have back here that we're working together with rather than any kind of, hey, will you support us? It's a team that we work together with while we're here. That, that we are in, in partnership with. And it changed my perspective completely because of laying this down and allowing God to transform my perspective and my heart. And so as we, as we get to this and we die to ourselves, that's when God says, yes, now I can work with you. Now I can change you. Now I can do with you what I've always wanted. Now I can work. Now I can do it. Take up their cross daily. Last one, is Jesus your Messiah? Is Jesus your Messiah? If you say yes, are we doing this one? Go with Jesus wherever he leads daily. Go with Jesus wherever he leads daily. He said to them all, whoever wants to be my, me, my disciple must follow me. He said to that guy, that, that rich guy, if you want to be perfect, go sell your possessions, give it to the poor, then come and follow me. This could be physically, and it obviously is spiritually, but he says, come with me. Come with me. If you say, I, I've never given my life over to God, Jesus has this invitation for you right now. Come with me. It starts with denying yourself. It next is take up the cross, that, that you are handing these things off. But he says, come with me. Never are you on your own. Never is it something you're trying to or have to do without me. He says, the Holy Spirit is what I give you, and this is all with me. Come with me. I have a life for you. I will change you. I will work with you. But come with me. He says, because I love you, I designed you, I want you, you're my son, you're my daughter, come with me, follow me. I got more for you than you could ever imagine. Come with me. But you have to be willing in the good times and the bad times to say, Lord, all right, I'm with you. What do you got for me today? Are you, what do you need for me to learn today? What are you showing me today? What are you teaching me today? What do you have for me today? He says, follow me. Come with me. Come with me. And the good times, the mountaintops, are a lot of fun. They feel good. But as, as John Hickey likes to say, we see the most growth in the valleys, the hard times. Come with me. I got a lot. I got a lot to teach you. So those are the three. Surrender everything you love daily. Die to yourself daily. Go with Jesus wherever he leads daily. Is Jesus your Messiah? If you say yes, that discipleship, that's what he has for you. If you say no or I don't know, you have a chance for that. You have a chance for that right now. You have a chance for that today.
to make that your own. Let's pray. Lord Jesus, we thank you that you are the one. You are the one who is willing to come to live a perfect life, to walk among us, and to die for us so that we don't have to die. That you would, you would hang on the cross and rise again as the Messiah to die for us, to give us eternal life. And that you would offer this for us now, Lord, that we can be your sons and daughters, your disciples. It's more than we can understand. It's more than we can even grasp or appreciate. So God, right now, I pray that we can just soak up that love and soak up your spirit and your grace. And God, I pray if anyone is here that doesn't know you, doesn't know you as their Messiah, as their Savior, and we would start right there. Are you willing to deny yourself? To deny those, those needs, those wants, those things that you have held on to? To say, no, God, I want you more. Jesus, I want you more. Are you willing to put him in front of that? And to take up the cross. To lay down your life for him. To give your life over to him. And to follow him right now. To follow. To begin that relationship. That personal relationship today. Are you willing? If you say, yes, I know I've done that before. I know I have that relationship. What in any of those do you say, I know, I know I've been lacking. I know I need to recommit or I know I need to go to today. Just allow God to work. Allow the Spirit to fill you and to move. And Father God, I praise you for what you are doing right now. Speak into this room, Lord. Move in this room. We love you so much, God. Thank you for this day and all that you are in each one of these lives. We love you so much, God. And if God is doing something in you right now and you want to talk to somebody, if you have made a, a first-time commitment, I pray that you would uh, come and share with me or one of the other people that will be up here right now. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. It's in your name I pray.